Hello, this is Colin Bowyer from Let's Make It Happen and again I'm here in the now famously called Dimly Lit Studio um, with a member of the Four Marks Car Club and with Stuart who's been very quiet so far but he's about to do a lot of talking. Stuart, good evening, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Flattered to be here. <laughs> delighted to uh, have this opportunity. You guys have set a really high bar with the previous podcast so I hope I can say something interesting and thank you for having me along. Keep going, saying all the nice things. That's <laughs> yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's, it's, it's great to meet you. And as we do each of these podcasts, we try and get them a bit better. Stuart and I exchanged an email or two, and then Stuart sent me an email with a spreadsheet attached. I do like a spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet. I thought, I don't think we'd ever met before, although we've been on, obviously, some of the uh, the events and, and obviously sort of been in the same room, but not not chatted but when I got a spread, I thought, Stuart and I are going to get on. Because I love a spreadsheet. I, I kind of put it down to when I was, um, my first career, I was a quantity surveyor. Oh, we were both, well, I'm a surveyor now, as you know. There you go. It's a small world. And in fact, mine was, my that career was back in the day from, gosh, 1986 through to mid-90s and a bit more. So that was when, time before, laptop computers exactly. and spreadsheets. So hence, when spreadsheets turned up. It made a world of a difference to our little job as a surveyor. You're anyway. showing our age. Members won't believe we're old enough to so, remember 86. Anyway, so that's as I started as a QS, started when I was seven. Yeah, of uh, course. Or was it eight? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, so you're incredibly organised. It was brilliant to see this, this spreadsheet turn up. And obviously you can't see it, but in front of us we've got two versions. I've got one on my screen. I've never been so organised for a podcast Oh, really? I'm impressed. Well, I've never done a podcast before, so I wouldn't know if it's normal or otherwise. Fingers crossed, this is all going to go in the right direction. So look, Stuart sent me this, this uh, spreadsheet, two sheets. And one sheet, it lists out all of the cars you've owned. It is. And, and then also on the same sheet, you've got the um, P1 Fractional Car Club. Is that the right word? Yes, it? perhaps I should explain that. There's Do. supercar clubs that I don't think exist anymore. There is still a version of it now, uh, which exists in London. It's very expensive. But back in the 90s and 2000s, the P1 Club was a fractional ownership club where you paid your membership at the beginning of the year yep. and you were allocated a certain number of points or yeah. miles, if you like, or days in the car. Yeah. And you got to romp around in a whole range of really cool cars. So rather than just a quick test drive uh, and a, a spin around the block, you got sometimes two or three days in some really good kit. Wow. And um, yeah, so on the spreadsheet, there were 30 of those when I uh, did a year in 2003 with some brilliant cars. Yeah. And then uh, I went back in in 2016 with another 13. So yeah. sort of 43 cars that I had a lot of experience in with those and uh, incredible and as you noticed 37 cars were on the column that i owned which i was rather shocked by and that's where we're going to start you know this is going to be the first five-hour podcast (laughs) yes um what time is it now it's going to be a while uh we even cut short as as greg and i uh uh, routinely do is pie chips and a pint we just went for the pint where you were very good just half half for me i'm a lightweight so look i've got this incredible spreadsheet in front of me and you know again to make these things even better we think than hopefully the last one you and i met you kindly uh, allowed me to come over to your house and we did a little walk and talk of of the cars you currently own which was brilliant so you get a bit of uh, insight and heads up uh and and that walk and talk we did record so we may well slot in um, a few snippets of our chats Good. while we were uh, affectionately kicking t- I didn't kick any tyres by the way you yeah. could have done you not when you were looking <laughs> <laughs> but no right so I think we get into the nitty gritty so this first spreadsheet I'm looking at um, 
Version 1 had 36 cards. Version 2 37. had 37 cards. Oh, well, I've forgotten the car that I rolled end over end just half a mile away from where we're sitting, so I've added that into the list. I owned it for a few days before I rolled it, but having recalled it, that's that's now made its way onto the list. And quite right, that should be, be on the list. Because there's, there's, there's clearly a story to tell with that, uh, but just with caution. You know, yeah, you say. Course, so look, um, I did some very rough maths, and that's the best I can do nowadays. When I did it, 36 cars. It averaged one car a year since 1988. Yeah, there has so, there's been some overlap. Uh, yes, some, of course. Sometimes owning more than one oh, car yeah, at a yeah, time. Yeah. Isn't yeah. Owning six, which is a bit silly, but we'll come on to that. Um, so it, it hasn't been a change of car every year. Some I've loved, some I haven't. So we'll yeah. talk about the ones I did and the ones well, I didn't. Well, do you know, we, we were pondering. We started at the beginning or the end, and I'm thinking, let's just start with... What you've currently got yeah, in, in in a garage in no particular. I'm gonna I'll look at the order, not the order we we had a walk through, uh, but the first one of uh, to mention is a Vauxhall VX220 Turbo. Indeed, my second one of those. I had one when they oh. were new back in 2005. Yeah, fell in love with the car. I bought it. I instantly uh, changed it. Had it corner weighted, uh, new, wow. different wheels and tires, different brakes, different suspension. Yeah, uh, and that thing was it was my daily for a short period, and I loved yeah. it to bits. Unfortunately, it got written off, and many years later, I decided I had to go back and have another one. Okay. So a few years ago, I bought another. Uh, it's a unique purple colour. You've seen Beautiful it. Beautiful colour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Yeah, just been resprayed. It's looking too good for the road. I've hardly driven it since. I must sort that out. Um, and I, I love that car. It's such an organic, manual, yeah. small, wieldy, road driving. It's just a fantastic car. Great on track as well. Again, it's also been corner weighted, uh, semi slick tyres, all that sort of stuff. It is road legal, but uh, yeah. I love it on a track day. It's a great car. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, again, I keep reflecting back on what we, we chatted about when, when we did the, the walk and talk. Is it a car you'll never sell? I can't see the point in selling. It's not worth very much. There's no point, well, no well, point in selling. It's not about really. the money, as they no, say, no, in that respect. But no, I'm, no. Uh, you know, clearly it's the car you you, you love. But uh, you're right. It, it is part of the family, though. I'm looking at this spreadsheet. I realised I've owned it for about ten years now. Wow. Uh, I, I absolutely adore that car. I don't get to drive it enough, but I must drive it more. But my son loves it as well. Big shout out to Monty. Monty, yeah. yeah a lot of you would have known Monty and the club. He's come to most of the events I've been to. Fantastic. Uh, he loves it too. Uh, it's the only manual car we've got, so uh, he enjoys driving that as he comes up for his driving test uh, in a few months time as well oh, fantastic. Uh, so yeah no I love that car you're right I don't think we'd ever sell yeah. it and how many miles have you done in that so 10 years as you say probably about 20,000 miles okay. I'd say so it has had use Get yeah quite a lot of track days fantastic. Uh, it's been a really good fun it's not the fastest car but it feels no. like it's the fastest car you've, which you're, is half you're, the fun you're sitting on the floor exactly it's, yeah it's there's so a, much noise and it's raw and yeah, visceral and yeah. fun handles really well it's very flat but no you're doing 80 miles an hour, you think you're doing 100 miles Absolutely, it's got yeah. so much character. Yeah. I have driven one, I think I mentioned to you many, many, many years ago, a friend of a friend had one, and uh, he said, go on, go and have a go, and uh, it was too long ago to really remember, but I know I've driven one, and I enjoyed it. It, it was very, they are very raw. You know. Well, I thought, when I bought my first one, I thought I wanted uh, an Exige Cup, and I went to Bell and Colville at, uh, in Surrey and I drove one uh, over a favourite road and it was just too VTEC peaky power. I just didn't really enjoy it. And someone said to me, go and drive the VX220. It's yeah. the same car yeah. in terms of chassis, yeah. but an engine you'll enjoy more. We'll talk about the themes. And I, I, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. turbo power. I just love that flat torque, uh, lots of power all the time. Yeah. And I drove the VX220 on the same road I'd driven the uh, Exige on and fell in love instantly with the VX220. And I had to overcome my own badge snobbery because it's a Vauxhall. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a great car. I love it, lovely. Um, so I'm, I'm making a list of 
when you take it out, um, I'd like to be in the passenger seat. Oh, you know, drive it, please. Time. Oh, Eve. Yeah. I knew he'd say that. I'm going to make a note. Better still borrow it for a week. <laughs> Whoa, wait news. a minute. Yeah, let's, let's see how that goes with the next few cars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that was a lovely looking car. Right, let's keep going. The next one, uh, as it says on the spreadsheet, smart for two. Convertible. Well, that's another member of the family. And yeah. the Smart for Two is hardly a four-mark supercar club uh, owner's uh, yeah. fetish, is it? But it's a great car. Yeah. It's the convertible, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's so wheeled. You can take it into town, park it anywhere. Yeah. It's bags of fun. And actually, probably in, in some respects, got more character than the, than the other cars in the stable that cost literally 100 times as much. Yeah, um, yeah. I bought that for a girlfriend who said she needed it to run her uh, child to school. Okay. And um, she kept it for a year or so and then decided actually she wasn't using it very much. And she wanted to sell it. So I said, oh, babe, please don't sell it. I'll buy it back off you. I really want that car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did. And it's been in the family for another eight years or so since. Wow. And another one that's probably worth 1,500 quid. There's no point selling it. We love it. Yeah. Um, actually, when I came over to your place, it was very neatly parked <laughs> in the back corner of one of your, your, your parking areas, the garage. Uh, and it was a hair's breadth <laughs> yeah. from, we'll get to it. The AMG GTR convertible, and I did say to you, how on earth did you pop that so close to that? That was, that was, uh, I think you had, uh, it was Monty there assisting. Monty helped me with that. It, it yeah. languishes in the back corner of the carport because there's not enough space with yeah. the six cars and I haven't got a particularly big house. Yeah. Uh, it sort of sits tucked away in the corner, which is the problem because that means it doesn't get out very often. Yes. And I must drive it more often. Yeah. A bit like the VX, they hardly yeah. get used. Yeah, no, no, you've got to use these things. Yeah, yeah that's why they're there, as they say. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's keep going. Yeah. Right, the next one. Now, this was something a bit special. McLaren 650S Spider. Yeah, there What's are lots of McLarens in the club, aren't there? Many yeah. of which are much more special, much more recent than mine. Mine's a bit leggy. It's a 2015 car okay. uh, from memory. I've just gone through 25,000 miles in it, of which yeah. I've probably done about 10,000 myself in the last two years. Yeah. I love that car. One of the yeah. other cars I'll mention in a minute was intended to replace that car, but I just can't part with the 650. No. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a convertible like almost all the cars in my collection. Uh, so yeah. It's great in the summer. Yeah. Hard top, of course, so it's lovely in the winter as well. Yeah. Oh, that car is so drivable and enjoyable. It's like yeah. an overgrown uh, Elise with so much power. Yeah. It's got the Prakovic exhaust, so it makes a fabulous noise. Wow. It's got a great character yeah i'm thinking of getting a bit more power from uh, thorny motorsport who do a chip for it now, okay now that i've decided to keep it probably forever i might do yeah. that as well oh i just love that car it's yeah bags of character and of course i'm a surrey boy it's made in surrey, <laughs> surrey. <laughs> yeah so absolutely me. yeah and the color black like so black. many of my cars i know it's a bit of a theme some people think that's boring i have a theory that because there's so much black on every car the black tires the windscreen yeah, yeah. so many you know, the plastic yeah. grills so many cars are their primary colour like a yellow plus mm -hmm. black because they've got so much black on them. Yeah. If you buy a black car, it's all one colour. Uh, so although I'm not massively a fan of black wheels, um, mm. two of them have got black wheels, yeah. I do like a black car. Just something quite understated about that. And when you go to a client's car park or somewhere you want a bit more discreet, it's not your shouty orange or lime green. No. It's a little bit more subdued. Yeah. Which is not the wrong, those colours. They look great. I love them in the right I don't, occasion. I, I wouldn't say there's a colour of McLaren, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. No, me too. At this point, without going through the whole colours of the rainbow. Um, and a Lamborghini I've, has to be a bright colour, doesn't it? If I was going to have a Lamborghini, it's so. got to shout. Yes. Yeah, 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 in the right yeah, car. Yeah, make them make right noise. We'll all make the right noise. Um, 
I've got to ask a question. Reliability? Uh, not Been bad. Um, it, well, we, we bought it from a, a non-franchise dealer who, frankly, okay. it, the condition wasn't great. So we spent probably about £10,000 bringing it up to a good condition. Okay. Since then, it's been pretty good. It's got the odd niggle. One of the doors doesn't quite open properly first mm. time at the moment. And mm. I think you've got to accept that. But it's a, a part of the ownership experience. Yeah. I don't mind. And 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 if I, a bit more detail, that's interesting. That ten grand was that more aesthetics or was it uh, stuff under the bonnet or uh, what, what? it was some suspension work that should have been done before we bought it okay. uh, uh, some service items brakes etc just generally mechanically anything that looked like it was on its way out we fixed which yeah. probably that I suspected had fallen into the, the hands of an owner who wasn't really spending the money on it okay. this year or two just let it slip exactly so yeah. it's brought it back up to standard mm. yeah mm. suspension parts um, well the exhaust was £5,000 of that in fairness uh, that was a, really an upgrade more than anything else and 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 in 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 simple terms, does that make it a louder car than oh, this? so much louder? <laughs> yeah. Even uh, club members have said to me, particularly on the European tour last season, my God, that thing makes an amazing noise, and yeah. it does. It, it it's got so much more voice. It bellows yeah. and yeah. sort of roars. And and how is your relationship with your neighbours? Good, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, as you've seen, they're reasonably distant. Yeah, yeah. You're going to say you've you've got you've got that in your favour, and it's down to timing, you know. Although that car, I do start in the garage with the garage door closed. Oh, it's uh, very considerate. Just, well, well, yeah. <laughs> just for the first minute or so, it's ultra loud. Yeah, and it calms yeah, down yeah. like they all do. Yeah, yeah. No, they they haven't complained yet. Yeah, you haven't got to. Place we need to push it around. No, no, it's going to go there. That's uh, brilliant. That is that's a beautiful car to, to spend some time looking at. And again, I'll put that on the list. I'm happy in a passenger seat. Yeah. I don't want to keep. No, please, <laughs> please, please drive them. Right. Um, next in in order, Range Rover autobiography. Now that a lot of members have got a Range Rover in the yeah. family, haven't they? And if you said to me I could only have one car for the rest of my life, but I could change it for a new one every two or three years, yeah. I think it would be a Range wow. Rover. Well, it just does everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. not a performance car, and it wouldn't excite many people. But it's so practical, yeah. sort of quite smart, luxurious, comfortable. Um, I had a, a V8 4.4 for a while, okay, and it, which doesn't appear on the list actually. And then I had the uh, three-liter car now, the uh, six-cylinder car, which yeah. we keep in Ibiza. Yeah. So it doesn't live in the UK; lives in Ibiza. Yeah. Uh, it's the only car that's white in our collection now. Uh, okay, uh, you wouldn't want a black car; it get too hot. Yes, um, and it's perfect for the island. It doesn't have much power, but you don't need it. It's great off-road in the north of the island, where there's so many sort of craggy yeah, beaches and stuff yeah. that you can only get to off-road. Yeah, uh, you can take it to the airport, put five people and their luggage. In it, yeah. Or you can turn up at a swanky club if it's clean and people think you're a high roller. It's a great car. <laughs> Tips a lot of boxes. It you does. Know, as you say, it does. As an all-rounder, um, it'll do everything you want it to. Um, so we didn't see that one. No, and I'm a bit disappointed. Well, come you to know, where you go. No, I'm not making a note, but uh, <laughs> it is noted mentally. Uh, and next thing is your your daily. Yeah, uh, my Panamera. Panamera. Yeah, I do like the car. I, I think there are so many Porsches in the club, aren't there? Uh, yep. I've owned other Porsches before. Yeah. Uh, to me, in the industry that I'm in, sometimes it's quite useful to turn up to a meeting in something that's not a petrol guzzler, and you can claim to be as a bit green. Yeah, you good really point. Are. Yeah. So it's the hybrid yeah, one. Yeah. I've had two electric cars before. The first of which I loved. The second of one which I absolutely hated, and we'll talk about that later. Yes. Yeah, we um, will. Yeah. So I wanted something with a bit of a green halo, uh, but was that also a decent car? So the yeah. Panamera uh, fits the bill. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lovely looking car, and again, pretty practical in the grand scheme of as a daily and what you could. Do with a bit of space in the back was the Turismo. So you've it's got the Turismo, a yeah. It's there it, as well. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit too big, to be honest, as a daily. Uh, the footprint of that car is larger than it looks. In, yes. In London, it's not very wieldy. 
Yeah, I had a, an older version of that by Panamera. I absolutely love the car, but yes, it's it's got quite a size to it in in in, in that regard. Um, but still, very nice. But well, actually, what's nice about that is you could treat it like a Volvo estate if you wanted to. Yeah. I've bought a property in London recently. I was moving loads of furniture up and down. It swallowed a, a surprising amount of work. Yeah. But also, as I found out coming to you uh, today, running a bit late, you can hustle that car along. It does. It is still a Porsche, but yeah. it's also very practical. So it, as true. a daily, again, it's quite a well-rounded thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And black, of course. Black, noted, <laughs> yes. And the last one of the current collection, which, which uh, again, obviously a favourite of mine for all the obvious reasons, AMG GTR. Roadster. Yes, the one we have in common, uh, the yeah. AMG, uh, that was intended to replace the McLaren. The, 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 ah, okay. the, the theory was the McLaren is a bit expensive to run yep. um, and perhaps a little bit delicate in the back of your mind. If you're on a long road trip, yeah. you're a bit worried yeah. that if it breaks down in Ibiza, we took it down to Ibiza last year and back, and you, in the back of your mind you're thinking, gosh, think, if this Bengals goes wrong in Ibiza, who's yeah. going to fix this? Yeah, Whereas yeah. a Mercedes-Benz, well, there's always a dealership somewhere, isn't there? Absolutely. So, so yeah. the idea was to replace the McLaren with the AMG, but I can't. Bear to get rid of the McLaren, but I also love the AMG. Yeah. It's a great practical car. Yeah. We bought it unseen, uh, funny enough, from the dockside in Ibiza in a phone call. It oh, was, wow. It, it went up on, uh, I think, the Auto Trader uh, website uh, overnight. Okay. And I, and I mentioned it to Monty actually as we were sat about to get on the ferry uh, from Ibiza to Barcelona. I said, Monty, did you see that car I sent you last night? I said, no, no, what's that? So I found the perfect AMG GTR and we looked at it and I hadn't realized. It was a three-year-old car with a massive discount to what was the new price, and it had done 186 miles just that. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? And how old is it? Is it... So it was three years old. It was a 20. 20. Uh, okay. We bought it last year, 23. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, someone had bought that, done 62 miles a year, probably just from their home to the dealership and back to get it serviced, <laughs> and tanked a whole load of money on it, so we bought a nearly new car. Wow. It's perfect. Incredible. And and sold on scene, you said. You, sold on scene, yeah. put a deposit down. I, I was racing to get the deposit down before we got in the ferry because it was ah, losing yeah, mobile signal. Yeah, yeah. You, you then go to a big metal box and you could lose your mobile signal. Yeah, so we managed to get the deposit down. And it was at our, the Guildford dealership, believe it or not, so oh, our, our nearest okay. dealership. A few days later, we made good on it, bought yeah. the car and drove it yeah. away. I hadn't driven it at all, actually, until wow. we purchased it. Because, uh, and, and, and anybody listening might remember, if you've heard the previous two podcasts ago, Greg and I, my AMG GT, I bought right at the beginning of the first lockdown. Yes. So whilst I could go and literally kick the tyres, I couldn't test drive it. No. Um, <laughs> uh, so look, COVID rules, we can't get in the same car and we can't let you out no. on your own. Um, and that's, I cracked my usual joke. Is that because I'm an old scouser who went, <laughs> no comment, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, I bought mine. And of course, like yourself, I think uh, absolutely not disappointed. No, exactly. A fantastic car. And I am looking forward to, as I mentioned earlier on, I am also going on the, the Euro trip this year. Yeah, it's really looking forward to that. Absolutely brilliant. I'm so looking forward to that. And well, backtracking on that, as a scouser, he would have been certain you were going to nick it, wouldn't he? So I'm not at all surprised he wouldn't <laughs> let you out on your all own. All right, Greg. Oh, no, it's <laughs> Stuart. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool is on the agenda. Talk, yes, we'll Liverpool, talk about Liverpool is, later. Is, is a bit later on, yes. uh, albeit nothing to do particularly with cars. Um, but yes, for but all as, the right as reasons. A, as a balance, as far as I'm concerned, you, you were slated for Liverpool last time around. It's not fair. I'm going to try and <laughs> do half of that myself, and that's not for the wrong reasons. But no, brilliant. Look, that covers your current collection of it cars. Does, the current and six. all things considered, 
any thoughts on any changes or additions in the next year? Do you know, I, I, I sort of don't want to change. So I feel like I've reached peak car. I, I don't think to, I don't think I'll ever learn six cars again. It's all a bit silly. Uh, I, don't, I don't get to drive them often enough, as we've been saying. Yeah. But I do have a couple of guilty pleasures that I would love to purchase. Go on. So yeah. Do I, tell. I think if I was to replace the six fifty, it would be for a seven twenty Spider. Yes. That, that would be tentative. That'd be cool. cool. Yeah. And yeah. I went to, went to go look at one actually last weekend. But it's literally three times the cost of the, or the value of my current car. I yeah. can't quite see the logic to doing that yeah. yet. They'll yeah. come down in price, but, yeah. maybe, but at the moment, I can't quite see the man maths. Okay. But I would love, and everybody thinks I'm stupid for this, a Bentley Mulzahn. Oh, yeah, you mentioned. Well, you know, for, uh, that's two things we've got in common now. We love a spreadsheet, and, and I've been saying for a long time, my retirement car would be a Bentley GT. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning uh, Andy in the club. He's got mm -hmm. a Bentley. Yeah. It's a beautiful car. And I think I've mentioned him a few times. If you yeah. get rid of that, yeah. call me. Give me first refusal. But no, I wouldn't hold that against you. Oh, the, the opulence of it. The pure yeah. luxury. Obviously, ridiculous car. Far too large. I don't know where <laughs> and when I'd use it. But just yeah. to have one on the drive. just Even if it's just for a year, just for a yeah. laugh. And there's, there's a bit of history in the family with Bentley. My okay. My father's father, so my grandfather on my father's side, uh, he was a good Yorkshireman, came from Batley and uh, used to run uh, some businesses up there. And yeah. his brother as well, also, they were quite entrepreneurial. And they both buy a new Bentley from Milner Park Ward when you specified your car from the yeah. uh, coach builder rather than just yeah. from, the, from the manufacturer. Every year they'd have a new one, always a Continental, uh, the sort of fastback yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the 1960s. And they'd always go, the first thing they'd do is they'd literally roll out of the showroom and go on a European Grand Tour. Fantastic. So back in the 60s, no yeah. auto routes, no yeah. great adventure. Ventures. No and speed the, cameras. No, exactly. And the stories <laughs> my father tells of the, of the, the I'll, I'll tell you one story which is quite good fun. My grandfather's one broke down uh, on the Arc de Triomphe, on the famous yeah, yeah. roundabout in Paris. Literally nice. broke down, overheated, stopped, came oh to a gosh. grinding halt. And he got out the car, and he, it wasn't the first time. He got out the car and had a look at it and just oh, confounded and started to walk away. So my grandmother said, oh, Leslie, what are you going to do, darling? What are you going to do? And he said, I have a bloody drink. And off he went and sat on some cafe on the roadside just watching the mayhem around him. Wow. Had, had a brandy, and then yeah. decided what he was going to do. But the, those stories for me, just think there's a little bit of Bentley DNA in the blood, and I've got I've got to scratch that itch once. Um, absolutely, without a doubt. So that's the Milton. The the other uh, two guilty pleasures I would love to have a Cobra. You can get a really good Cobra yeah. replica for about yeah. fifty grand these days, yeah. and they're such a special item, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, there's a uh, uh, Graham who's got the AMG GTR Pro. Yeah, same colour as mine. Yeah. Um, he used to have one of those. Yeah. He speaks very affectionately of the car. He loved the one he had. I think he spent a lot of time building it or rebuilding it, doing a lot of work on it with his with his with his dad. So you, you two must have a conversation together at some point. Well, I um, think it'd be another car that would end up being a member of the family. I know James Quattrell in the in the club. He's got a really lovely one that I okay. turned up in uh, last summer. I didn't even know he had one, but uh, yeah. oh, they're just so much fun. The side exhaust, that V eight yeah, rumble, was, and that yeah. shape. They're just yeah. so beautiful, aren't they? In fact, did you go to the uh, the Harbour Hotel event? I did. Um, the new was one, a yeah. What you stunning. Oh, I loved every. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was perfect, wasn't it? That yeah. really was the perfect modern iteration yeah. of an update of such a classic. Yeah, yeah lovely, gorgeous, beautiful finish, beautiful yeah. fit. Quite expensive though, wasn't it? Yes, and and you know, ultimately not for this island because it didn't have no any roof. kind of exactly. roof on it. But it it looked fantastic outside and in. Um, again, that's the first time I'd seen it. I've not followed it through. I don't know where they're at. Whether you know what whether that was a 
a production car as such, I don't know, but... Uh, it, it, it was a pre-production, I spoke to yes. the guy for about 15 minutes, yeah, it was a yeah. pre-production car, but pretty much production finished, and oh, it was yeah. perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. If I had one, actually, you mentioned the weather, I think it would join the Range Rover and go and live Quite in Ibiza. Right. I yeah. think it would stay down there. I think you could run that in the summertime, yeah. but you couldn't run yeah. it here. And the other guilty pleasure that I really would like, and I hope Greg will enjoy the, uh, the reference, a Mondial convertible. Ah. My, my son laughs at me for thinking I'd want a Ferrari Mondial, but for some reason, okay. I really fancy one at some point in my life. Yeah, why not? Yeah, don't know why, but uh, Mondial convertible, such a lovely shape. Yeah, challenges is limited space at home well, to put the these problem. things, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And I think it's got to be one in, one out from now on. I've oh. been rigorous with myself. From okay, now on. well, if you need a second opinion on that, Sue, just call me and <laughs> yeah, I'll you... say, no, just add, keep adding. You know. <laughs> I think you're right. It's what, it's what spreadsheets are all about. Add to them, don't take anything off. Well, you can afford to, I can't. Oh, gosh, not at all. Right, look, we... We have still a lot to talk about, which I think is just some fascinating stuff here. So this spreadsheet, we've covered the current collection, mm -hmm. but I'd like to go back in time. Now, look, there are 37 cars on here, mm -hmm. and we're doing this on a Wednesday evening, and you're going to have to be gone by the weekend. You know, this is going to take a time to go through. Um, so what we did when you and I got together a few weeks ago, uh, having shared this spreadsheet, I kind of highlighted one or two cars, just for my own interest or relevance or seen it, had one, hadn't had one, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I know you did the same. So between us, let's just select a few. We, we, we probably shouldn't go through 37. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no. no. Everyone will follow us. Mm. But the first one I highlighted, because just, for it, it was iconic, I know, it was, a, it was a, a quite unique car on its own right by design, the Fiat X1 Nine. My first car. There you I, go. I love that car. I, I, th there were two reasons for buying that, two influences. The first was Gianni Agnelli. And if members don't know who Gianni Agnelli is, he's the, the guy, a really charismatic character, who in the 60s and 70s owned Fiat, Ferrari, Alfa yeah. Romeo. Wow. He owned La Stampa newspaper, the yeah. auto route between Turin and Milan. He owned one of the football clubs. Was it AC Milan or Inter? Okay. One of the two. A, a, a massive industrialist uh, of... of Epoch history-making scale in yeah. Italy. There's, yeah. there's some brilliant documentaries on Gianni Agnelli. If you get the chance to watch what yeah. they do. Oh, okay. And despite owning all those uh, car companies, the one he loved to drive every day was the X19. And I just thought that was so much fun. The original 1300, as mine was, not with the big bulky bumpers, the yes. more elegant car. Yes. And the other reason, the other influence was my best mate, still my best mate to this day, back when I was doing my A-levels, Dino, um, such a good guy, he's been a wonderful friend to me. He was the cool cat who used to turn up in his green X19. Everyone green, loved it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that yeah, was exactly. the yeah. well, popular uh, colour. Yeah. And he was the cool cat, and I became the copycat because I also <laughs> then bought a green X19 a bit later. Uh, wow. so his influence, and I loved that car. I kept that for about three or four years. Yeah, it was absolutely yeah. fabulous. Enjoyed every mile. And the reliability question was it all right, not you, great to no, be honest. No case but you anymore. Could, yeah, but you, could, you could tinker with that. It was yeah. an old 1300 with a single carburetor. Yeah, it was very yeah. straightforward. Forward. And that was actually, I enjoyed the mechanical side of it to be honest. It was yeah. really good fun. Okay. Brilliant. Tiny car as well, yeah. really small, wieldy, mid engined, yeah. uh, target top. Yeah. Oh, just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Okay. Um, the next one I highlighted, I think we both did, um, is your first Alfa Romeo. Yes. 75. Yeah, indeed. Well, it turns out it was my second Alfa Romeo because I'd forgotten Ooh, yes. the GTB that I did yes. to the list later. And then we had that conversation about, well, if you've owned two Alfa Romeos, you're a true petrol head. Uh, uh, but that's just in the eyes of 
Clarkson, love more Hayton. <laughs> well, I'll refer to Clarkson and when I miss him later on, actually. But uh, yeah, the, the 75 for Lovesheer again was my uh, daily for about two okay. or three years. Okay. Uh, after I, I started to work with a construction company and they, they did a brilliant package where you got a terrible company car at the level I was at or a really good payment instead. So I took the payment. Took the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And off I went and bought this black, of course. Uh, the Veloci was the one with the body kit, yeah. uh, this yeah. 75, and I absolutely loved it. It wasn't yeah. at all reliable. It was terrible yeah. from that point of view, but yeah. I persisted with it for two or three years. Uh, I, I didn't regret that one at all. No. I went, then went on to Cosworth's after that that were better, frankly, okay. uh, but my heart was still with the Alpha. That yeah. V6 engine was amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't have the... I had a 159. Oh, great. Well, that was my second Alpha, and I love that car. I mean, the styling of it inside and out... But I kind of worked out over the probably two or three years I owned it, it was in the garage every f mm. five to six weeks. Yeah. And a lot of the things were so minor, but I couldn't fix them or whatever, no. you know, yeah. that's fallen off when you put up. Um, but I still loved it. Yeah, exactly. Loved that car, the yeah. every anything about it. They get under your skin, don't they? And yeah. the heart rules the head with these things yeah. sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it would be a better second car than a daily, to be honest. If if you didn't rely on it every day, yes. I think it wouldn't matter so much. It's yeah. constantly yeah. breaking down. I would say the same of my Integrale. I had a wonderful yellow Evo two Integrale, one of the last ones. Yeah. And I a left hand drive, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I dailyed that for a couple of years as well. Wow. Similar story. It was brilliant when it was brilliant, but too often it let me yeah, down. Yeah. And ultimately that had to go for something more reliable that yeah. was similar around homologation. That got replaced with the first of two Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 6s ah, that I ran, okay. uh, that were the sensible choice, but yeah. I still hankered after the Lancer. Yeah. Yeah. We were chatting on the way back from the pub um, uh, you know, about buying older cars or your mm. cars. You own my first car was a Volkswagen Beetle, mm. and I'd buy another one tomorrow if yeah. I could find somewhere to put it. Um, and I think the same with the Alpha 159. Yeah. You know. In yeah. fact, the chap I sold it to, we ended up on LinkedIn. He was, uh, again, another surveyor. And we just kept in touch. And I must drop my mind whether he still got it. <laughs> I said, no, it's gone to scrapyard. Anyway, no, it's not about me. Well, I've had the same conversations with Dino, because he was the cool cat and I was the copycat. We both <laughs> had the next one. I've said that to him on a number of occasions, and he's in the trade. Come on, Dean, we should buy one for a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, every time he's talked me out of it, so I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Anyway, brilliant. Well, look, uh, what's next? What have you got on yours? Uh, comparing uh, notes. The, yeah, um, the, the next one I thought was, was worth talking about, actually, was an Alpine GTA V6 ah, yes. Turbo. The old Renault V6 yeah. uh, Turbo. And I loved that car. It was the uh, pearlescent colour, uh, the okay. iconic car for that car. Yeah. I'd like to have had the later car, which was the... It wasn't called the GTA. They did a Le Mans version. They did a... It was the A610, I think, wasn't it, after that? It became the A610, but yeah. I had the early one, the car. GTA uh, V6. You could have a turbo or non-turbo. You really didn't want the naturally aspirated car. There just wasn't enough power. Yeah, yeah. But the turbo was great fun. Very Larry, tail-happy, yeah. like a really badly behaved 911, yeah. but so much fun. And it yeah. was a drift-king car. I've got to say, back in 98, you wouldn't have all the tech you've got Not today. No. They keep you on a straight and narrow. It's you, your right foot, and your speed on the steering wheel. Yeah, I remember... And hope for the best. My ex, exactly. My ex... Uh, father-in-law was a uh, traffic cop for uh, Surrey, uh, which okay. was very interesting. Had lots of wonderful stories, as you can imagine. And I remember taking him around the, uh, the in, at Farnborough, there's the Holiday Inn roundabout, which is now traffic light controlled and emaciated like so many roundabouts, but back then wasn't. And I remember taking Ted for a bit of a drive, because they lived close to that, and drifting it pretty much the entire length of that nice. roundabout. Yeah. He was convinced he was going to end up in the hotel reception <laughs> desk, but uh, <laughs> we managed to keep it on the tarmac. <laughs> Say no more. Um, yeah, great car. Um, 
BMW M3 convertible. Well, the reason why I've highlighted that is yeah. it was the, the first of a number of M cars that I ended up having. Okay. I had a Z4M, which I loved, yeah. another M3 convertible later, which was the V8 car, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, what else have I had? Uh, two M6s that I've really enjoyed. I've had another BMW we'll talk about later on that wasn't an M, but that first M3 convertible really sticks in the mind because... It was during my first year in the P1 Club in 2003 that oh, okay. I bought that car. And um, the P1 Club at the time was owned by Damon Hill amongst a couple of other people. Yeah. And, uh, and Damon was there pretty much every day in wow. the office on the top floor. And yeah. um, it was him that persuaded me to buy one. And I remember the macabre situation of sitting across the desk with 1996 Formula One world champion. Yeah. Only a few years before yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, him telling me what options I should or shouldn't take on my uh, BMW M3. And the reason was he had a BMW dealership at the time in Warwickshire. Okay. The Warwick dealership was called Damon Hill at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he guided me on uh, what to what to buy and not what to buy in terms of my spec. And it was such a great car. He was right. Everything was absolutely perfect yeah. on that car. Cause he and, and a couple of examples of his recommendations. You remember? Yeah, well, and, uh, uh, testing yeah, your brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good question, actually. Yeah. He, he said, I must buy the separate hard top and don't just rely on the soft top. Uh, okay. In the winter, it would just be different. And he was right, actually. It's yeah. difficult to store, but it was a, a good choice. Yeah. And then the thing that stuck in the mind mostly was he said, get the smaller wheels. I think you had a choice of 19s or 20 inches or 20 right. or 21. He said, oh, no, get the smaller wheels. I, I remember talking to him about 10 minutes. I was, no, 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 Damon, it looks so much better with the big wheels. No, it doesn't drive as well. Oh. And he won the day. I got the one with the smaller wheels. And he was right. The, wow. the, the ride was so much better on the smaller wheels. Yeah. Brilliant. Good advice at the time. It was, yeah. And a lovely bloke, by the way. Um, there are other instances where I bumped into him, which we might touch on later yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a local character to me. Uh, used to live in Farnham, and so do I. And um, I bumped into him a few times. Really super bloke. A lovely, humble guy. You'd never know he was mm. a world champion. What's he doing baseball. nowadays, then? Is he he, he's, he's living in Guildford now. Uh, okay. moved recently. Uh, he's still doing work with Sky, of course. And yeah. I think he does lots of other personal appearances. Okay. Um, yeah, no, he's still keeping himself busy. Quite right. Last time I saw him was in a restaurant in Brazil, believe it or not. It's amazing what you said. <laughs> You're not stalking him, are you? <laughs> no, well, no, I think he thought I was. We were, we were both walking towards the gents. It was even worse. <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly on. Oh, okay, well, small world, isn't it? it is. Right, what's next on your list? Uh, we've got... Because we, I think I, I highlighted the Jag yeah, go XJR. Ahead. Yeah, go, oh, I love Quick it. story? What's yeah. that about? Well, the XJR and the XKI owned together, which were a great pair. Both yeah. black, of course, as you yeah. expect, with yeah. that wonderful 5-litre supercharged engine, which wow. I absolutely adore. I think it's yeah. one of the best engines ever made. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, they were brilliant. I realised I bought the XJR as my only car to daily, and the kids were getting a bit older. Uh, my kids are now 16 and 19. Yeah. And back then, in something like 2003, 4, 5, um, they were just young enough to, to fit in the car. And I realised, no, I needed a bigger car to run uh, for the family and for business events as yeah, well. Yeah, so course. what am I going to have that's a saloon that's reasonably good value, that's of, of interest to me? It might go quite well, would match up with the XKR that I had at the time. So XJR was the car I bought, and I loved it. In fact, I had two XJRs from memory. I had the original old shape, what we yeah. considered to be a classic yeah. uh, XJR, and then later on, uh, a, a the, the, what I would say, the current shape. But Jaguar don't make a Jaguar anymore, do they? No. Times have changed, as they say. But, uh, yeah, I've always been a Jag fan. I had an XK8. Oh, great. Um, God, I was about 34, 35. And I think I told you, my mates, they tease me somewhat. Why are you not buying an island? Oh, it's one of these. So, again, without giving my age away, it was uh, the Saint Simon Templar. Oh, you know, he went, brilliant. And then he bought an XGS. Yeah. So I'm not even going to go there. But yeah. I did kick ties of a few on a few occasions. And uh, a few years later, I bought the X. 
XK, which I loved. I loved that car. It was in Sherwood Green. So it wasn't British Racing Green, it Close. was a version of yeah. it, but it was in Beijing. It was anyway, it's not about me. Oh, the XJS, okay. the, the, the cigar shape, that lovely yeah. low shape of the convertible yeah. one with the roof down. Oh, yeah. that was elegance personified, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? With Beautiful. the V12 engine, yeah. the heyday of British uh, manufacturing, Absolutely. surely. Absolutely. Right, we're, 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 we're making good progress. Well, yeah, we're getting down which, this, where should we, we go now? Where should we go now? Uh, go on, you, you pick I'm going to pull out the BMW 760 Li V12. Oh, okay. Now, it's, very few members would think a 760 was at all interesting, uh, but actually it was. That was the most fantastic Luxo Vage. That I, I, Dino, funny enough, my mate in the trade, I asked him, uh, could he buy me a car to go to the south of France and back in on a family holiday when the kids were really young? Yeah. I think Monty was about one year old and made okay. him about three, yeah. uh, and I was still married at the time to Claire. And we just needed a mile lunch to go uh, all the way down to the south of France for a family yeah. holiday and then back again. And um, and I said to Dean, look, here's the budget. Just buy something from the auctions. I'll run it for a couple of weeks and I'll bring it back. You can flog it again and we'll <laughs> get rid of it. And I'm thinking he'd get something fairly ordinary. And he came up with this V12 7 series. Wow. And, wow, it was brilliant. The engine was fantastic. Yeah. And I shouldn't admit this, but on the way back uh, from Cannes to Calais, nobody believes me, but it's completely true. The ex-wife could, could, uh, could prove it. Six hours from Cannes to Calais. That's 770-odd miles. That's a true average of 130 miles an hour, non-stop right. for six hours. We'll, we'll, you might edit that out. We'll, no, we'll just put bleep, bleep in. Good idea. Yeah, a yeah. speed of whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen. Dave's going to no, it's, yeah, But exactly. it was so long ago, it doesn't Well, it was many, many years ago. The trick to that at the time was, because you didn't have cameras back then, yeah. they used to have the magnetic strip on the back of the toll booth ticket. Now, it, so of course, if you uh, went to the next toll booth ticket two hundred miles later, and you've done it an hour and a half, then and you've been it's timed. Yeah. So if you bought an industrial strength magnet and you swipe the uh, the magnetic uh, yeah. strip yeah. fairly consistently with this magnet, and then presented it at the toll booth, it wouldn't read properly. Uh, it'd be a bit annoying for the lady who's managing the toll. He's got to go and punch it in where you came yeah, yeah, from, yeah. but you didn't know what time you'd gone in through oh, it. So yes. you pay. You, you lose thirty seconds at the toll booth, but you gain <laughs> a lot of time on the road. Wow. There you go. Trigger the trade, doesn't it? Yeah. Not relevant it, today, it but of the today, time. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. I, I discussed this with my son actually, who's uh, coming up for his driving test soon, and he, he thinks that the fun of driving is gone. And you and I, the old buggers, we had a much greater <laughs> time, much more fun. Yeah, I think he's probably right. Sadly, I think it, I think there is even even if the cars we were driving weren't particularly no. quick or reliable. But uh, as you say, it's a very different world now out it there, is. as they say. But uh, you yeah, know, that's a fascinating car. Um, and again, I'm you scanning. Out, yeah, you pull out the next one. I'm scanning. I think did I highlight the or one of us did the Audi S8 V10. Yeah, exactly. That's another car I didn't mean to buy. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> again, I said to Dean. I can feel another column in a spreadsheet. Yeah. Did you or did you mean to buy? Yeah, it? I ended up with it. Cars yeah. I didn't intend to have. Um, again, I said to Dean, I, I think I need something practical from yeah. day to day. Can you? I was running a 911 Turbo Cab at the time, which nice. I absolutely loved. It was a brilliant car. But again, a bit too small in the back for the kids. So I said, Dino, can you can you get me something practical? Just a you know a saloon. You know what I like. So mm. yeah, sure. He mm. came back from from an auction uh, with this Audi S8. I thought he'd have an A8, you know, like the 4.2 diesel yeah. or something. That'd be yeah, practical. Yeah. But no, no, no. He went for the one with the V10 Lamborghini Gallardo engine in yeah, it, yeah, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. The noise was brilliant. That oh, thing has so much presence. Yeah. All the Audi reliability, and you've got an Audi on the drive now, which is such yes. a lovely machine, Love it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant, and not 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 quite a V10, but anyway. Oh, the noise was super. The sound and the presence of that car, and yeah. yet quite discreet. You know, it looked yeah. like any other Audi. Yes. Yeah, but it was just such a cute car. Yeah, Loved it was it. ready to go. Mm. Brilliant. 
we're nearly at the bottom of this because obviously the bottom part of this is so the uh, the cars you currently cars. got. Yeah. Um, there's a BMW i3 in there. There is, yeah. The, the first of two electric cars. Yes. The, the i3 I had had the, the range extender, which was brilliant. So it's like a little generator that sits in the car uh, oh, that okay. doesn't power the wheels. It just gives more top-up battery power to right. the battery if you get a bit low. Yeah. yeah. So you never had to worry about uh, range because you get another 70 miles or so out of that. Yeah. It was about 110 miles from the battery on a bad day, 130 on a good yeah, day, yeah. Yeah. plus the 70-odd miles. But you keep topping that little petrol tank up all the time and just keep driving it like a petrol car. Yeah, yeah. So there's no range anxiety at all. And yeah. I loved the, the shape of that car, the airiness of it. It's obviously not a club car, but it was a brilliant introduction to electric motoring. Yeah. Then I replaced that with a Cupra Born a couple of years ago. Think I've got one of the first in the country. I was the first to order them. I was really excited. Yeah. The electric hot yeah. hatch. This is yeah, going to yeah. be amazing. I thought it'd be a great car. I think I know where this is going. Maybe. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, kept, I kept that car for six months. It never delivered the range it said it would. Wow. It, it's marketed with something like two hundred odd miles of range. Right. Even when you fully topped it up, it shows one hundred and fifty odd on the uh, on the clock. And when wow. you actually drive it, it's more like one hundred and twenty. Mm. So it's literally got half the range it's marketed with. And I was listening to a uh, Harry Metcalf's podcast recently. If you haven't heard it, recommended it. Mm. Only from a couple of weeks ago, his most recent one, yeah. about his experience with electric cars and why he's fallen out of love with them. Yeah. And everything he said I resonated with. And unfortunately, the Cupra was uh, yeah. just the epitome of everything we don't like about electric cars. Don't yeah, we? yeah. I know you mentioned that to me, and I said that there's one of his, um, uh, he, he put up a few weeks ago with a new 5 Series electric. I can't mm. remember the guy. Um, uh, car name. Is it the i five? Yes, yeah. of course it was. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, let's just say it, <laughs> the review wasn't good for the no, car. No. And he was very much of the opinion this is a cul-de-sac yep. for BMW and electric cars. And you know the price. I think the starting price tag was a hundred thousand mm. pound, and the, the one he had, I think, had fifteen grand worth of it. And uh, he never said a nice thing about it. Well, he said one or two nice things, but generally, yeah. You know, I think well, reflective of what you've just said there. Well, I wouldn't have minded a Taycan when I bought the Panamera Hybrid recently. Careful with the Taycan, you know, it's a great... Oh, yes, sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry, but not go there. But no, 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 no. Um, but it's... I was so uh, put off by the range anxiety with the Bourne that, I, of course, it's a much better car. Of course, it's got the range, and uh, yep. that's brilliant. And if you've got Greg's money... Well, you can have the Taycan, can't you? But I'll, I'll, I'll never have Greg's money, so I can't no. possibly afford it. No, no, absolutely. He's, he's in a different world. He is. In so many ways. But let's not go Stratospherically different. Yeah, and he's not here to defend no, himself. To defend himself. Uh, oh, I don't believe he could be sitting outside. He, yeah, well, he knows where I live now. But, but he is um, a very wealthy man, and most of us can't aspire in, to in, Incredibly so. And, and that, you know, that could be a podcast on its own. They could. Day. Could. Great. Do you know, I think we've done justice to your your car history in 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 that respect yes um absolutely fascinating we we could probably keep going we better move on yes look this, this spreadsheet carries on with equally more fascinating uh fascinating cars covering the the p1 fractional car well better cars cars i could never have afforded to a greg no. again could have afforded to own these yeah. but i couldn't there you so go cars i could yeah. never have afforded to have owned either in 2003 or 2006 let's pick a few but that is a big to, list to enjoy yeah there were 30 in the first year the, the, the p1 club in the first iteration back in 2003 was way better than when i joined it again later many years later yeah um Partly because of all the people who were involved, like Damon Hill, John Llewellyn, the ex-Touring uh, Car oh, uh, okay. champion. He was also uh, yeah. involved. Lovely bloke. Yeah. Um, really good company back then. But it doesn't surprise me they went bust. Because, to be honest, they, they I think the, the package was too good for the members. You got so much access to the car. And that, that first year, I think I paid 15 grand for the year of membership. And a third of the year, I had a car. 
mostly Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Aston Martins, yeah, yeah. Porsches, all Incredible the current list. supercars. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing list. And to have been able to have done that for 15 grand, no wonder they went bust. Uh, no. But it was great fun. And I've picked out a few cars yeah. that I really enjoyed. I mean, just with, the, with, with that kind of club, or, uh, I mean, there are clubs similar today, I yeah. presume, not my specialist subject. Yeah. Um, but how do they acquire the cars? They don't... Yeah. yeah, there is, there is. I think the only one I know about now is Auto Vivendi, which is the club based in London. Right. Uh, their, their membership starts at, I think, 15 or 20 grand, but they go up to 150 grand for a year. Wow. That's big money, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the access, of course, to the cars is, is opened up the more, yeah, you, the yeah. more you spend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but nothing like the value you used to get out of it. I can only assume that it must be some sort of lease model. Yeah. So they, oh, they, they yeah, pay monthly for the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the overheads as well were huge. Logistics uh, and all sorts of other things. Well, the people who were involved probably took quite a amount of it yeah. and the, the premises they had were amazing as well. Anyway, whatever. I want to get back to this yeah, list. list. Yeah. Can we start with the first one at the top? Because I know we, we, yeah. we did a little chat about that. Yeah, the Noble M12 GTO. Wow. Not something many people would no. experience, and that's the great thing about no. the, these uh, these clubs. You could drive something you'd never buy yourself. There's a member who's got a Noble, isn't it? I've seen it. Oh, is there? I'm pretty sure there is, and I think it's blue. What I can get, but no, there is. There is definitely a, a, a Noble in the club. Oh, Certainly well, one I've seen. I'm anyway, super jealous. That that yeah. car only had a Ford engine in it, but um, it had a great turbo engine again. All the whistles and pops and bangs. Yeah. That car had so much character. Yeah. And I don't know how they did what they did with the chassis. It was low and yeah. and, and quite uh, lean, but very soft, so very compliant. It it would get its power down even in the wet incredibly well. It's just such a tractable car, yeah. and it made such a great noise and it had so much presence. Nobody knew what it was. This huge yeah. wing on the back. Yeah. Like a Le Mans car that just wow. driven into the Sainsbury's car park. Yeah, that was a really good car. I loved that Nova, yeah. and of course it was black, so it was white. Oh, right. So, so just I mean, we won't do this all of them. Was that a car you just drove once, or was it a regular? No, I had that two or three times. Do you know yeah. the funny thing was they got to know me as I, I was doing some work for a company that's based just around the corner from where they were based, so right. I was constantly there. Um, yeah. And that was quite sociable. So they used to say to me from time to time, "I'll ring up Stuart and get him to drive that car because no one's been out in that for ages." <laughs> I remember bringing their Cobra back once, and uh, Damon himself said to me, oh, "Hold on to that for a few days." I said, "I oh, know, I don't, I don't want to burn through the points, Damon. Yeah. No, don't worry about the points. We won't yeah. charge you any points. Just keep that on the road, because no one's driving it." And the Noble was one. Of those nobody seemed to drive it. Wow! Same with the next one, the TVR Tuscan. Yeah, S. I loved the Tuscan S. I had owned a TVR before. I had a, a 450 SEAC that we didn't touch on yeah. uh, earlier, and I loved the Tuscan S. That shape, oh, it's beautiful. And that, yeah, the uh, eight-cylinder engine, yeah. the little ducktail spoiler on the back, and the interior um, again. Is, oh, it's so, so it's a unique, isn't it? And just so anyway, punched up its weight that car. Didn't yeah. it? it looked like a Pagani Zonda inside, but it was <laughs> yeah. made in Blackpool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not so far from Liverpool. No, no, which is still on the list. Um, the only it, problem it, with that car was if you had the windows open and you opened up the taps and you got on with it, the rear perspex rear screen oh. was held in by these clips and the, the wind pressure would push the uh, rear windscreen out. I remember driving along one day and it heard an enormous bang and a whoosh from behind me, looked in the rear view mirror and there it was like a sygamore leaf up in the, in no. the air, this, this windscreen that then came crashing down to the floor. Um, broke into a number of pieces. That happened to me twice, so I wasn't very popular. Gosh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not ideal. Look, I, I'm going to let you lead with this, just from a point of view of something notable that, that you particularly liked or particularly didn't like or has got a little bit of a story to it. What, what, where should we go next? 
Well, I've mentioned the Cobra that I enjoy, but actually the, the 911 GT2 I've, I've pulled out for a couple of reasons, actually. Firstly, because I love turbo cars, as you've yeah. seen from the list of cars I've, I've owned. And I know everyone raves about the GT3, and there are lots of members with them, and I totally get it. That is a brilliant track day car, an absolute yeah. weapon. But for me, it, it requires quite a lot of hard driving, whereas the GT2 is equally fast, 200 more horsepower in the current version, yeah. uh, loads of torque and instant power, uh, and much more expensive, of course, but yeah, to yeah. me, the more purest car, equally stripped out, but just with a better engine, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But back in the day, in 2003, it was the old uh, 996 uh, GT2, and they called it the Widowmaker for good reason. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it had no traction control, but it certainly didn't have much traction control, yeah, yeah. but it was so fast, quite narrow-bodied. You could throw that car around uh, down wow. the road. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And for me, it was a very interesting education, having driven the GT3s in the club as well and the GT2. For me, it was quite useful that whole year, actually, to experience so many different cars and find out for myself what I do or don't like about certain cars. Yeah. So actually, when you then go and put your own money into something similar, you're really going to buy something that's absolutely you rather than something you thought was you. Yeah. So the GT2 versus GT3 argument was good. And I remember one day I had that, actually. I was doing some business with a guy called Jim McAllister who owned a Dunsfold at the time, uh, okay. way back when it was being used for Top Gear's filming yeah, in yeah. the old days. And, um, and I happened to be a bit early for my meeting with him. Uh, he was based on the airfield. And um, I was just driving around in his GT2, and Jeremy Clarkson was stood there on his own with a cup of coffee, stood next to a red uh, RX-7 at the time, which uh, oh, yeah. it, which dates it, if you find the, the episode that involved that car. And um, seeing him as I did, uh, a few hundred yards away, I raced up towards him and sort of slid the car up towards him and jumped out of it pretending I knew him. Oh, Jeremy, nice to see you. Like, oh, oh, good to see you. And um, at the time he hated 911s and no one had a GT2. The great thing about that car club is that manufacturers used to want to get their cars into the club because they knew the cars would be on the road. Yeah. Lots of members would drive them. It might be purchasers. Yeah. So they were quite keen to get the cars into the club. Um, and he spent a good 10 minutes nosing around that car, sort of asking questions and wow. expressing interest. He'd never seen one before. Yeah. Uh, and he got called away to do some filming and, uh, and disappeared. Oh, I went for a meeting with uh, Jim and that, that was that. That was it, yeah. Fascinating. Well, let's, let's, a couple more. Come on, let's keep Yeah, going. go on. I think my, my favourite, to be absolutely honest, of all the P1 cars was this bright yellow Lamborghini Murcielago ah, with well. number plate Y1. I mean, what an eye-catching number plate. Of course, I think the plate's actually owned by Lamborghini UK, but it was on the club's car wow. while I had it. And I had that three or four times. And um, you might need to bleep this one out as well. But um, <laughs> I, I took it out on a high-speed run, and um, I got 201 miles an hour out of it. I won't say where or when, but what I didn't know was that back then the trip computer on Lamborghini oh, yeah. would record your highest score, a bit like a, a game. Now, yeah. I, I didn't know this, so I hand the car back in all innocence. Mm. Oh, thank you, enjoyed the car, great, yeah. jumped in my own car, and off I yeah. went. And um, I got a phone call to come back and have a quick chat with them. And Damon Hill himself called me into his office, the headmaster's office, and told me, <laughs> this is not what the club's about, you shouldn't be doing that. But oh, but by the way, that was amazing. Yeah, well done. I also took that car to... Those of us with a long memory will remember that, and I'm not really a massive Robbie Williams fan, but my ex-wife was, um, the Nebworth concerts that he did in August 2003, did three nights at Nebworth, which were iconic. If you've yeah. never seen the movie, go and watch it. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That was yeah. such an amazing event. Uh, but getting into and out of the car park was a nightmare. It took hours to get out oh. of there. And I had this yellow Lamborghini with the scissor doors and yeah, the yeah. V12. And it just became uh, an event after the event in the car park, <laughs> getting wow. out of it as well. So That's many happy memories. Story. That was a great car. The only thing I would say, manual car, 
traction control that was a bit too keen to intervene. The best way to get the most out of that car, and if any members have got one, I'd love to hear if you feel the same. Yeah. You've got to turn the traction control off, otherwise it nannies you too much. You just can't get the power down. Could be brave. Well, four-wheel drive, oh. though, it was very stable. Oh, yeah. It, didn't oh, really, it kept its, uh, its traction, but it d- didn't keep cutting the engine all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull out two more very Go briefly. On. An Aston Martin Vanquish, which I loved anyway. Yeah. The old-shaped, big Vanquish, sort of muscle car. Yeah. Almost reminds us of the Victor Gauntlet days of Aston yeah. Martin. You know, yeah. Really good cars. Uh, there was one story in particular when um, with a, a family friend, uh, a guy who was the Deputy Chief Constable of Hampshire at the time. He said to me, oh, can you take me home in that? Then after this, this pub, I said, oh, okay, fair enough, Mike. So I jumped in the car and started driving, as you would, like yeah. this daisy, making sure I didn't... <laughs> and he said to him, why are you driving so slowly? And I said, well, aren't you going to get on with it? I said, no, Mike, you're, you're the Deputy Chief Constable of Hampshire. He said, no, it's because I'm the Deputy Chief Constable of Hampshire, you can get on with it. For yeah, sake, get on with it. So I did, I, I drove it like I stole it, and I, he appreciated that much more. Oh, fantastic. And then the, the last one I'll mention yeah. from that, if people haven't fallen asleep so far, they no, probably have. Oh, carry on. Is the uh, Ferrari 360 Challenge Stradale. Oh, okay. Because during that year, I drove the uh, 355 with a manual gearbox, the 355 with the F1 gearbox, the first ever Ferrari paddle shift, yeah. uh, then the 360 with the paddle yeah. shift gearbox and the manual, they had one of each. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, just as I left the club, they got this Challenge Stradale in. Uh, it was really interesting interesting to see the progress of yeah. that the manual shift but that uh, secret that you have to edit this <laughs> it, again. Was, it yeah. was really interesting to see the progress uh, between the manual box to the early F1 yeah. box to the fully developed item as it was being developed in F1 actually at the time yeah. as well yeah. it was so much better than the challenge to Dali uh, than it was earlier and yeah. I know Greg had a, uh, a 360 didn't he and uh, he, he mentioned actually in the podcast that yes. he'd gone for that grill, the, the, the challenge. Oh, with the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, was that was a must-have on, on for his him. list. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It does make yeah. the car much better. Yeah. But with the exhaust and the, the chassis refinements and the more power, the actual challenge to like, wow, that was a brilliant car. And yeah. the evolution of those gearboxes was really good. I used to still think even then I'd have preferred a manual. But oh, okay. I think the game's moved on now, isn't it? Those yes. gearboxes. Now with the, the uh, DSG, SMG, they're, yeah. they're so much better now. Different they? world again, but uh, yeah, fantastic. But what an incredible list. Because you, again, you've got 2003 and then 2016. I haven't covered any on there. Is no, true. Well, the, yeah, the, the uh, Lamborghini Aventador SV, for the same reason as yep. the Murcielago. Again, it was yellow, uh, had an absolutely fantastic presence. Quite that presence, car. yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I did, again, actually, I didn't like the gearbox. It was the single plate uh, gearbox, as opposed to in the Huracan, you get the dual clutch yeah, yeah. Uh, gearbox in the Aventador. Back then, at least, it was the single plate uh, gearbox, which was a bit harsh. Uh, great power, fantastic engine. But if you really push that along, it was uh, it was a little bit harsh. But again, we did a top speed run in that. Won't say where I went. Two hundred and nineteen miles an hour. Um, wow. the, the girlfriend who was in the car at the time said to me, "Oh, babe, you, you nearly got two hundred and twenty. Can you do that again?" I was like, no, we're not doing that again. We're <laughs> yeah, going we need to go to petrol station it, first. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> other things. Won't say where I went, but two hundred and nineteen miles an hour. That thing it was so stable. It was brilliant. Okay. The Audi R8 V10 Plus was also brilliant, partly because it had an amazing Abrakovich exhaust. That thing made such a brilliant over sound and fury. Yeah, yeah. It was powerful wow. and fun and really in your face. And it was the reason why I actually put the Abrakovich exhaust on my uh, 650S uh, oh, later, right. just yeah. to give it that character and that yeah. fellow. And then the other car that I must mention of the 2016 P1 fractional cars was the Ferrari F12. 
Uh, I love the F12 engine anyway. Yeah. That thing had so much beauty. I know there are quite a few in the club, so yeah. big up to all of you. You've got one. They're a yeah. fantastic car, or indeed the later 812. Yes. The one yeah. thing I would say is so much power, 700 plus horsepower. God. I had it at this time of year. It was a little bit autumnal. And my goodness, it squirmed and moved I around bet. underneath you. Get you on your, on, your, uh, on your toes. Definitely. Stuart, that is an incredible list of cars some great stories and tales and views and opinions and experiences i think we've done that list justice well i hope and it will resonate with other people's experiences yeah their own cars over Absolutely. time might have reminded people of the cars they've had in the past and uh, gosh, almost an hour of me blathering and we haven't finished yet no 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 well, we've got we've got another half of spreadsheet but it won't take as long but look thank you for putting that together that is absolutely fascinating and, and I'm still looking at the list now thinking, I don't want to talk about that. We can take this <laughs> offline, as they say. Uh, but oh, that's brilliant. So that brings to an end the first of two podcasts with Stuart. The next will go live very soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>